Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Thursdays, wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. We got a lot to dive into, including breaking news on Hunter Biden potentially facing multiple felonies, according to the Washington Post. Oh, really? Only took the FBI a couple of years to go through the laptop from hell that Miranda Devine wrote an entire book about, laying out all of the potential felonies there, we will discuss. Mel Kuyper says that Will Levis, Kentucky quarterback, he would bet is the overall number one pick in the NFL draft next year. You guys know I watch a lot of college football. My mind is blown over this. I just don't get it. Uh, Herschel Walker, Adam Laxalt, and the battle for control of the Senate. Colts Broncos is tonight. Quinn Ewers, Texas quarterback, is back for Oklahoma. And what does Elon buying Twitter, to the extent it goes through, mean in the larger stratosphere? I forgot to talk about it yesterday. I will tell you all of that and more here on Outkick the Show. I want to begin with the breaking news. Uh, I am reading directly from the Washington Post, uh, and I want to make sure that I get the opening paragraph correct. Again, this news broke in the last 30 minutes or so. Uh, This is a story under the byline of Devlin Barrett and Perry Stein at the Washington Post. Federal agents investigating President Biden's son, Hunter, have gathered what they believe is sufficient evidence to charge him with tax crimes and a false statement related to a gun purchase, according to people familiar with the case. The next stop is next step is for the U.S. attorney in Delaware, a Trump administration holdover, to decide whether to file such charges, these people said. And I'm reading more from the Washington Post. Uh, agents determined months ago They had assembled a viable criminal case against the younger Biden, but it is ultimately up to prosecutors at the Justice Department, not agents, to decide whether to file charges in cases where prosecutors believe the evidence is strong enough to lead to a likely conviction. Again, I'm reading from the Washington Post about Hunter Biden. Given the intense political interest in a criminal probe involving the son of a sitting president, Attorney General Merrick Garland has made clear the U.S. Attorney in Delaware, David C. Weiss, who was nominated by Trump in late 2017, is supervising the case. Garland has vowed there will be no political or otherwise improper interference in the Hunter Biden case, has not moved to push Weiss to make a decision. People familiar with the matter said it's not uncommon for the Justice Department investigations to take years to finish. A spokeswoman for Weiss declined to comment, as did spokespeople for the Justice Department, the FBI, the IRS, the two primary investigatory agencies. Asked about the case, 
Chris Clark, a lawyer for Hunter Biden, accused investigators of leaking information. It is a federal felony for a federal agent to leak information about a grand jury investigation such as this one. Any agent you cite as a source in your article apparently has committed such a felony. Uh, And then he goes on. Um, So, that is breaking news from the Washington Post. Now, I just want to reiterate what I have told you before. I have told you for years now, there is clear evidence that Hunter Biden committed multiple felonies available on the laptop that the FBI has had in its possession for some time. If the Washington Post is to be trusted here, it appears that the FBI itself would be the source for this leak. It might suggest that the FBI feels intense political pressure after the Mar-a-Lago raid to provide evidence that they are not the Praetorian Guard for Joe Biden, only out to get the enemies of his administration. What I have told you I believe is going to happen, and if you listen to the Clay and Buck show, you know we have stake bets on both of these. I think Merrick Garland is going to use charges being brought against Hunter Biden as the cover that allows him to bring charges against Donald Trump. And I have said this for a long time now. Let me explain exactly what I mean. That allows Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, to walk out in front of the American public and say, it doesn't matter if you are the President's son or if you are the former President himself, if you commit crimes, this Department of Justice will treat these investigations fairly without political bias no matter how well connected you might be, no one, whether it is the president's son or the former president himself, is above the law. That's the way he gets to a charge on President Trump. And in the process, this could potentially also knock Joe Biden out of being able to run for re-election, right? Because the midterms are coming up. This would if Hunter Biden gets indicted for felonies, this would be the way that Joe Biden gets ushered off the stage for Democrats. It also could create vulnerabilities for Donald Trump going forward as it pertains to attempting to be the nominee in 2024 because there will be many eager Republicans out there who are going to run against him and the pitch that they will make if he is indicted is... We don't need to be running someone who has charges pending against them. There are other nominees out there. So in one fell swoop, Merrick Garland could wound the political uh, viability of Donald Trump, potentially, although that calculus is a little bit challenging, right? If the American public sees Donald Trump as a direct political persecution, then it actually might benefit his ability to be the overall nominee Uh, but it might also essentially knock Joe Biden out of running. This is also an incredibly difficult uh, circle to square for Democrats out there because they have spent years, despite all the evidence to the contrary, arguing that the Hunter Biden laptop story is made up and there is not a significant basis in law that is worthy of attention. That's what they said for years. Remember, when the New York Post initially broke this story back in October of 2020, two years ago now, 
It was immediately labeled Russian disinformation. Twitter locked the New York Post uh, newspaper account uh, on the dev- on the, the uh, on their site. They wouldn't allow at Facebook the story about Hunter Biden's la- laptop to be widely distributed to its audience. And that rig job, in my opinion, likely put Joe Biden in the White House because I believe if this story had been covered honestly and vigorously and without bias by the American media, Joe Biden would have lost the 2020 election to Donald Trump. Instead, they covered it up. They argued that it was Russian disinformation. All of the uh, outlets that are favorable to Democrats pretended this was not a significant story. And now, here we are in early October with a relative bombshell being dropped about Hunter Biden. So, there also could be some conflict here. It's possible I'm wrong and Merrick Garland is actually keeping Hunter Biden from being indicted. And that is why these FBI agents went to the Washington Post and put out this story that there is evidence Hunter Biden has committed crimes because they want to put the pressure on the Department of Justice to prove that it isn't currying favor and protecting the president's son and actually see charges brought against Hunter Biden. The reports are for both gun charges and tax evasion. These would be felonies where Hunter Biden would face years in prison. Uh, To me, they're open and shut case just based on what I have seen from the Hunter Biden laptop. This is not a difficult case to make. And the FBI has had this information for years now. Uh, These uh, agents are saying that the Department of Justice has had their evidence for months and maybe they just got fed up with waiting for this to officially come down and for there to be charges brought against Hunter Biden, the president's son, according to this Washington Post article for both gun and tax evasion charges. Okay, so that is a big story. My prediction, I think Buck said on the show, this is not only like uh, making a prediction, this is like calling your shot, Babe Ruth style. I have said, and I think I'm the only person who said it, that I think that Merrick Garland is going to charge or allow to be charged Hunter Biden with crimes and will then use it as justification to be able to charge Donald Trump with crimes by saying no one gets favorable treatment here, former presidents or the sons of presidents. So this is a big story. I don't know how much it'll get buried uh, in the news cycle because left-wing media does not want to cover any Hunter Biden-related story and so they just pretend it doesn't exist. But I can guarantee you we will be talking about it substantially, probably as our lead story uh, tomorrow uh, on the Clay and Buck show. And we will get a bunch of guests on to discuss that as well. We'll be right back in a moment. But first, this break. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. A couple of stories here. Um, You guys know that I am a big believer in, I love sports gambling. And I love gambling in general. I like to look at markets. And I think in the United States, you should be able, and I know there are the predicted markets, 
But you should be able, for instance, if you go on DraftKings or FanDuel or PointsBet or whatever the website is, you should be able to go on those websites and you should be able to bet on the results of political contests as well. And so you can offshore. You go over to England right now, uh, overseas, you can bet on all sorts of political outcomes. And the numbers continue to break in a big way for Republicans. The House right now, as I'm looking at it, Republicans are a minus 550 favorite. That's a pretty big favorite to win the House. If you believe Democrats are going to win, you get a 3-1 to payout as we sit here at 33 days out. Uh, If you believe that uh, Republicans are going to win the Senate, we're down to almost even money. That is, Republicans right now to win the Senate is plus 125. Democrats are about minus 150, 160 in this scenario. And the reason why that is happening is because money is pouring in on Adam Laxalt to win in the state of Nevada. Uh, Adam Laxalt is out to minus 200, pretty substantial favorite right now to win what was considered a toss-up race in the state of Nevada. And if he does it, if he does it, that would take a seat away from Democrats because Catherine Cortez Masto is the senator right there. Um, And uh, this is a story that is worth paying a great deal of attention to because Senator Ron Johnson of of the state of uh, Wisconsin had also been a top candidate target Uh, Instead, he has moved out to a minus 350 favorite. Senator Ron Johnson in Wisconsin adding steam here. Dr. Oz was a major underdog. He now is within substantial striking distance. Ted Budd in North Carolina is minus 450 to win. J.D. Vance is minus 450 to win. Those states, North Carolina and Ohio, are increasingly falling by the wayside. So, I give you all this background based on where money is going from a gambling perspective to explain what is going on with Herschel Walker. And I want everybody to listen to me carefully. Atlanta is one of our biggest markets at OutKick. In fact, it's either number one or number two depending on the month. Chicago, way up there as well. Uh, We are big in both those cities. Okay. I want every Georgian to listen to me carefully. You are likely going to decide, just like you did in January of 2021, who controls the United States Senate. Because if Herschel Walker wins and he takes away that seat from Senator Raphael Warnock, there is no process, by and large, by which Democrats are going to be able to hold the United States Senate. Based on the way the map looks right now, 33 days out as people are beginning to vote all over this country. Early vote, uh, I should say. So Georgians have a choice to make. And I understand that right now, Herschel Walker's personal life is under siege, the likes of which we haven't seen since Brett Kavanaugh. And the reason why they have sicked their attack dogs on Herschel Walker is because they know They are going to lose in Nevada, and if they lose that state and they lose Georgia, the math doesn't add up 
for Democrats to retain control of the Senate through the tiebreak at minimum of Kamala Harris. And that is why everybody is coming after Herschel Walker with everything they've got. So I'm just telling you this right now because it's important, okay? If you think Joe Biden has done a good job, and I'm straightforward about it, I don't think Joe Biden has done a good job. I think Joe Biden is the worst president of my life. About 60% of Georgians agree with me. Joe Biden has a 40% approval rating in the state of Georgia. If you vote for Warnock, you are rubber stamping everything that Joe Biden wants to do. Trillions of dollars in spending, 40-year high inflation, crime surging everywhere. A vote for Raphael Warnock is a vote for Joe Biden. If you think Joe Biden has done a good job, that's your right. The great thing about American democracy is we each have equal voices. You can go vote for the Reverend Raphael Warnock if you are in Georgia and you think that he, Joe Biden, has done a great job. You should go vote for Warnock. But if you're one of the 60% of people in Georgia who does not believe that Joe Biden has done a good job, then you need to go vote for Herschel Walker. That's the choice here, right? Both of these guys, like all of us, have things in their backgrounds that are not perfect. Warnock's wife, accused him of all sorts of domestic-related issues, ex-wife. Herschel Walker's got accusations out there about him. And guess what? If you were running in the Senate in Georgia right now, they'd find something out in your background and they'd come after you about that too, right? That's just the world we live in right now. But the reason why all of a sudden we get to October And Democrats at the New York Times and the Daily Beast have come after Herschel Walker with everything they have is because Georgia is the Democrat firewall. It's the protector of their Senate majority. It's the battlefield that they have chosen. Because they're in trouble in Wisconsin. They're not going to win North Carolina or Ohio. Pennsylvania is trending against them. Nevada is already, looks like, seven straight polls. Adam Laxalt has been in the lead. He's going to win in that state. They have to win in Georgia. Still got Arizona out there that is winnable. Still got New Hampshire out there that is winnable. Republicans have a lot of battlegrounds where they could potentially get over the hump and win Senate seats. But Georgia is the battlefield. So if you love Joe Biden, you vote for Reverend Raphael Warnock. If you want Joe Biden to not be able to get everything that he wants, and if you want there to be a check, a hindrance, an obstruction to Joe Biden's power, then you need to vote for Herschel Walker. If I lived in Georgia, this wouldn't be a difficult choice. I'd be all in for Herschel Walker, uh, and I think that that is the best thing for our country. So that's where all this story is coming from. All right, Uh, Elon Musk is purportedly going to buy Twitter. Let me look at the absolute latest here um, as, uh, as we break it down. Um, this is, uh, this is uh, I'm a Twitter shareholder. Twitter stock hanging right around $51 a share, just FYI. Um, for purchase price, theoretically, $54.20 a share. I'm a little bit nervous that Elon Musk might have an issue getting his financing taken care of, just given where we are right now in the economy. Uh, It's a mess, $44 billion, much of it financed by big Wall Street banks. Uh, There's a $1 billion breakup fee 
uh, which I'd be concerned that Elon Musk might end up paying if there were an issue. But if Elon goes on and buys Twitter, this is the biggest win for the marketplace of ideas for actual robust debate over issues online that I can remember in my life. Because Facebook is slanted towards the left wing, Twitter left wing, Snapchat left wing. I think where you get where I'm going here. There are not very many fair, impartial platforms that allow for robust and uninhibited speech. I think Elon Musk would allow that to happen. Uh, And I'm not saying, look, you guys know this. If people disagree with me, they should be able to argue against my opinions, but they shouldn't curtail my ability to have my opinion shared widely and be able for everyone to see them just like they artificially do today. And they certainly shouldn't be able to put their finger on the scales of justice and create a scenario where far left-wing Twitter is being amplified and magnified and all the positive algorithmic benefits go towards them. And then people like me, who I think are just right down the middle, honest, straight, transparent, not pretending to be anything other than what I am, a guy sitting here telling you my opinion on basically everything under the sun all day long, every day. This could be, if Elon Musk completes the purchase, the biggest win for free speech in the 21st century in this country. Because right now, what we have created is a default Chinese wall where big tech and big government collude together particularly during the Biden administration, to ensure that ideas that they agree about receive prominence and ideas that they disagree with are censored, downvoted, and not distributed widely. So fingers crossed that this ends up being a reality and that Elon buys Twitter. Uh, Tonight, let me give you a pick. Uh, Colts Broncos. I'm going to look up the absolute latest number here on uh, my apps. Obviously, I live in Tennessee where sports gambling, thankfully, is legal. And the Colts right now are plus three and a half. All right, here's where I'm going. I'm going under 42 and a half. And I am going to take the Colts plus the three and a half in this one. So I am on the under 42 and a half. I don't think either one of these offenses is going to have much success. Uh, and I am going to take the Colts plus the three and a half, which is the number that I am seeing in front of me right now for Thursday Night Football on Amazon, which uh, I've been impressed by. Jonathan Taylor out, uh, the uh, elite running back for the Indianapolis Colts. I think that will further hamstring uh, their offensive capabilities. And so far, Russell Wilson and the uh, uh, Matt Ryan-led offenses of both the Colts and the Broncos have not been that great. Uh, So that's my pick tonight. I saw this quote and I couldn't believe it. Uh, Mel Kuyper, who obviously has been covering the NFL draft for a long time, said he thinks Kentucky quarterback Will Levis will be the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft. This is a quote from Kuyper. If I had to bet who's going to be the number one pick in the 2023 NFL Draft right now, I would bet on Will Levis from Kentucky. I think this is crazy. Uh, 
no begrudging Will Levis. Anybody who gets drafted number one overall, congrats to them. I wouldn't take Will Levis right now as a top five quarterback in the SEC this year. And I'm I'm not saying that for hyperbole. No particular order. I would take Bryce Young. I would take Hendon Hooker. I probably should just rank him. Uh, I would take Will Rogers. I would take um, Stetson Bennett. And I think I would take, uh, you know, as you look through, that's four. I think I would go with K.J. Jefferson over, uh, over Will Levis too. And I don't even see this as a really difficult choice. And I'm looking right now as I, uh, as I am analyzing because K.J. Jefferson, I believe, is out against Mississippi State. But Kentucky has got Mississippi State. I would take Will Rogers. They've got Tennessee. I would take Hendon Hooker. And they've got Georgia still left on their schedule. And I would take Stetson Bennett. All of them head-to-head. Now, we certainly understand that the NFL is a different sport than college. But can you remember a time when there are five quarterbacks in the conference of the number one draft pick that you would want above that number one draft pick. And look, I understand there may not be elite um, talent on Kentucky's offense. Will Levis might be a little bit like Jay Cutler when Jay Cutler was playing with Vanderbilt. I certainly remember all those games and Cutler was still a high draft pick. But I can name and just did five different SEC quarterbacks that I would rather have in a head-to-head matchup. Now look, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Georgia, uh, all of these schools have different offensive systems when you think about them going head-to-head. Alabama, certainly. But when you think about being able to name five different quarterbacks in a 14-team SEC, I've got Will Levis at best at sixth best quarterback, in my opinion, this year in the SEC. That's pretty wild to think about Mel Kuyper saying that he would go number one overall. I just don't see it. Haven't seen it at all so far this year. Maybe that changes in the back half of this year, but I just flat out don't see it. Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, and by the way, Will Levis may not play this weekend against South Carolina. He's a little bit dinged up. Uh, Report out there, right as I sat down to start with all of you, uh, that Quinn Ewers... Uh, the quarterback transfer from Ohio State to uh, Texas, who was injured significantly in the game against Alabama week two on September 10th down in Austin. I was there watching it in person. Reports are that Quinn Ewers is going to be back to start this week uh, in the Red River rivalry, the Red River shootout, whatever you want to call it, uh, in Dallas between Texas and Oklahoma. So all of that uh, rolling and uh, and doing well. I appreciate all of you. I will keep you updated on all of this tomorrow. I'm headed down to Tuscaloosa. I'm taking my two youngest boys with me. They don't have activities going on over the weekend. Uh, so I will be there for the Texas A&M Alabama game in Tuscaloosa. If you see me, come by and say hi. And then uh, next weekend, I will be back in Knoxville to watch Tennessee play against Alabama. Back-to-back SEC on CBS games. Saturday's primetime. 
the SEC on CBS with Alabama, Tennessee at 3.30 Eastern. I will be there with Big Noon kickoff as a part of both of those programs. Appreciate all of you hanging out here with us. Thanks for your support of OutKick. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. Can't wait to get that steak dinner. Let's get those charges filed against Hunter. Buck is going to lose that bet. I'll see you guys tomorrow.